This conference will now be recorded. Hey, y'all. Thanks for joining us. I am joined by a very special guest. Um, his name is Len, this is Len May, and he is the founder of EndoCanna Health, EndoCanna DNA, based around customized cannabis, you know, taking someone's genetics and finding the perfect cannabinoid for them. Thank you so much for joining us, Len. Thank you, Luke. I appreciate it. I co-founder and co-founder and do kind of help. Yeah. Is there so? Is there is there a woman? I, can't, I don't remember her. Is, is there a woman and then you, or is it two two guys? I, I uh, no. My my part. Yeah. My partner is uh, Eric Kaufman. Uh, okay. He and I started the company together. Okay. Awesome. Awesome. Okay. Sweet. Um. Awesome. So, yeah. Just tell us. What exactly is Endocana Health? What was the problem you're trying to solve? What you know? What inspired you to do this um, this product, this, this business? I think it would be helpful if I kind of give you a little bit of my background because this is it, it, it's a personal mission. Uh, as a as a kid uh, or as a teenager, I was diagnosed with ADD, and uh, I was put on all kinds of prescription medication, and they, they all sucked pretty bad. Yeah. And I was hanging out with some older kids. And they asked me if I wanted to smoke a cigarette. So me trying to be cool, I was like, yeah, you know, I'll smoke a cigarette, sure. And they gave me a cigarette, and I took a drag of it, and I started coughing. And I realized that the cigarette was filled with cannabis. And when I went back to class, my windows that are in my head started slowing down. So I started to be able to focus. I'm like, oh, you know, this is my medicine. This is my go-to. So I stopped taking everything else, um, continued to consume cannabis. My parents weren't big fans of that. Eventually ended up kicking me out, actually calling the cops to have, try to have me arrested. The irony of this whole thing, just to digress, is my parents consumed formulations that we helped develop now, so it came full circle. But from that standpoint, that was a, an interesting experience. After that, I became an, an activist. I was the president of the Cannabis Action Network. <clears throat> I held the you know rallies at the Independence Hall I'm from Philadelphia. Uh, and that's, you know, for, for legalization, uh, moved to LA about 11 years ago and, uh, got into the dispensary business. So we had five dispensaries, cultivation facility, delivery service, all that stuff. And, um, my, my we, the, the feds really closed us down with a, a cease and desist. But the frustrating thing that I was having is we would have two people with the same symptomatic conditions. And we would give them the same cultivar, chemovar, and they would have a completely different uh, experience. And I was just super frustrated. So my type of ADD is like multitasking a million things or hyper-focusing on one. That, that, so are you no ADD, ADD? ADD, there's no, I'm not hyperactive. It's, I'm the dreamy one that looks out the window yeah. and the, the teacher's like, hey, uh, Len, uh, what? and I'm like, oh. I was thinking of something completely different at the that moment. Is, that but. is so funny. I am the exact same, by the way. I, I hope you know that. I grew up very similar. I have really bad ADD. Um, and it's I, I've learned quite a bit about it. It's like you got a, a, a Ferrari engine in like a you know, a Cadillac spot, right? Like and you're just taking Love in it. so many things and, and and I'm I'm the exact same actually. Um, I'm a yeah, I'm a huge proponent of uh, cannabis being potentially, you know, it could hurt people with ADD, but there's I think there's a lot of solutions there. I wanted to say that there is, and you, no, yeah. and, you, and you gave a great analogy. And, and, it, and what happens is that we have a depletion of dopamine, so our brain is always searching for a hit of dopamine. That's why we get squirrel, and it's something else. Oh my god, maybe I'll get some dopamine over here. But what really, what 
but when we actually get that dopamine, it hyper laser focuses. I want more of that. And like video game creators, they start making video games for kids with AD that sit there and play for eight, nine, 10 hours a day. For me, it was painting maybe, which is much more uh, productive, I think, than playing video games. Not that I have anything against that. But so when I found, so I started this mission. I've been trying to solve this issue. Why two people have a difference? And I saw a video by a guy named Kevin McKernan, who's one of the first people to genetically sequence cannabis. And that was my obsession. I started contacting Kevin. Long story, probably even longer. I went to work with uh, Kevin in medicinal genomics. I traveled the U.S., Canada. I would get plant material, and I would uh, bring it to my lab, extract the DNA, purify it, and send it to Boston to a sequencer. So we started the first cannabinoid or library called Canopedia. So we can see, you know, I have five blue dreams, and when I sequence them, two of them are blue dreams genetically, two of them are cousins of blue dream, and one of them is not even close. So I always thought it was the flower, you know, the, the chemovars and cultivars. But then we had an experience, we had a bunch of doctors uh, that were treating kids with epilepsy using CBD. And they came and they said, oh man, you know, kids going from 100 seizures to zero, but then there were some outliers and the doctors were saying it's a Harvard Medical School. And they were saying the kids' seizures are coming back or it's not working for them. So when we looked at the genetics of those kids uh, on, the, on, the per, uh, on the pharmacogenomic side, we saw they had biomarkers in common that were for a form of ep- epilepsy called Dravet syndrome. And we published on that. And you already know about GW Pharma, uh, you know, focusing on epidiolics because they could focus on that specific biomarker. And it was my light bulb moment. I was like, well, if you can have one biomarker specific for that, maybe there's others. So I approached them. They really didn't want to proceed with that. They want to focus on the plant. So I borrowed or took a scientist with me, built a science team. And the first six, seven months, all we did was research. And we launched Endo uh, Canna Health in 2017. And we researched every single SNP, single nucleotide of polymorphism, which is your gene that has a direct or indirect association with your endocannabinoid system. Once we did that, uh, we made sure that everything has a reference, a peer-reviewed reference, and then we partnered with a company called Illumina to build a custom chip and array for us. So we have somewhere around 700 specific biomarkers or SNPs that we sequence. And then we provide a report in a HIPAA-compliant, completely anonymized portal that looks Mm -hmm. at symptomatic conditions, what people consume cannabis for. And to show you, the overall goal is to avoid an adverse event. So you can have a more optimal experience with the cannabis use on your cannabinoid terpene profile and then Mm -hmm. align that with products that are more what we call endo-aligned for you. Yeah, wow. That's kind of how we get started. That's that's amazing. I mean... Yeah. So, so, and so the process of the, so you, so your, the business model is to help companies potentially develop products with their own to help with this, or is it, and, and it's to direct consumers, right? Both, or is it? Yeah. yeah. <clears throat> it's a really good question. So our business model is, uh, was direct to consumer up until January of 2020, uh, pre COVID, let's say, yeah. because there's some other things that we made to shift. So we make money three ways. Number one, our kit gets its swab. You yep. swab uh, your, your mouth. You put it back in the box. You ship it to our lab. It's a, a $199 US uh, dollars retail. The second way we make money uh, is 
You can take any of your other DNA uh, data from 23andMe, from Ancestry, from my, uh, any of the other ones that you've already taken, you already paid money, you can take that raw data, upload it to our uh, portal, and get instantaneous results uh, with less than 30 seconds, and that's $49.95 US. That is and then smart. the third way we make money is we have uh, 14 patents pending on formulations. There really are seven formulations that hit about 86% of the general population in those seven buckets. The reason why there are 14 is some of them are uh, 0.3% THC or less, and some of them are above, uh, you know, a THC formulation. So we license those um, formulations, so those blends, to different companies so they can make, you know, specific endo-line products. Mm. That's really our business model. Wow. I love that. I love that. I love how you guys oh, are and then one more thing. Yeah, yeah sorry, look, to, to stop on you, I, I forgot. You, you said B2B and B2C. So on the in January, we shifted our model. Uh, we still have our B2C business where you can buy that on end of DNA and stores. But our B2B model was that the companies and, and clinics wanted to use their kits internally within uh, their ecosystem. So we're actually reselling those kits to those companies and then, uh, you know, creating the, um, the portal that's, that's branded. Think of us sort of as Intel inside. We power the technology so they can actually use that. Uh, so we do have a B2B uh, play as well. Wow. That's, that's amazing. That is absolutely amazing. So, yeah, I mean, I, I would love if you could actually walk us through, cause, cause I want to, I want to understand the recommend the recommendations based off of your biomarkers. Like I want to, I kind of want to, if, if that's possible, um, yeah, yeah let's give it a shot. I mean, I would love we're, we're doing it, we're doing live, so if any any hiccups come up, just yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> everyone, yeah, everyone, it's a little yeah, fun. we'll give it a shot. We'll give it a shot. Yeah. Um, all right, so let me see if I can get this. Uh, perfect. Just want to make sure. So I, uh, as I go through this, this is uh, endodna.com, mm -hmm. and I already went through a bunch of these uh, uh, things. So yes, we have somewhere around 700 uh, markers, et cetera. But what I'll do is I will log in directly. And by the way, this is uh, the way the kit looks. Uh, so you have, these are different symptomatic conditions that we cover. Uh, this is the way, there's also sample reports. If somebody wants to download a sample report, it has all the different call outs. It shows you how to read the report in detail. So it's easy. Uh, you always have to register, which is extremely important. Uh, all the data resides on AWS, Amazon's AWS servers. Yep. So it's MP. fully encrypted. And you, if you do not register your sample, we will know, not know that sample belongs to the individual because we're HIPAA compliant. So it's extremely important. And then yep. uh, the kit looks like this. Um, HIPAA compliant, so you get your, is, uh, is real quick, it's the uh, privacy laws, right? Around, yeah. Correct. Okay. I forgot what the Canadian version of this. We are uh, Canadian. Yeah. Uh, whatever the HIPAA version of Canadian. Oh, you're law, you guys, are, you guys are based in Canada. Smart. Yeah, yeah as well, Canada and and uh, Europe as well. So we're yeah. international companies. So we're complying awesome. with all those standards. Awesome. <clears throat> when you get your uh, report that your uh, uh, your email that your report's ready, you would log into your secure anonymized portal. So you would log in here, uh, and you go to my DNA live which is that secure anonymized portal, you'll be taken to a welcome page. And as you're taking a welcome page, there's a couple of things I want to point out to you and your audience. Number one, uh, we have this uh, um, survey. So the survey is focused on a couple of things. Number one, it's for us to get a baseline to understand where you are. 
Uh, number two, it's also to look at the epigenetics. So what I mean by that is you have your genetics. Your genetics are your predisposition uh, to something. But your epigenetics is what you're expressing in the moment. So if you have a, a gene that shows a predisposition towards insomnia, but you sleep well, you don't have any issues with that. Your only uh, concerns right now are maybe exactly. stress and inflammation, right? So your, uh, your survey results will lead us to giving you a personalized wellness plan that's geared to what you're experiencing in the moment. We'll still give you those insomnia markers but to be aware not to turn that gene on. So that's extremely important. The other thing uh, to know is that we also have a drug interaction report. This is extremely important because most people don't realize that certain cannabinoids interact with prescription medication to create, uh, to inhibit that prescription medication. So we have uh, about 204 different prescription medications, also generics, that are included in our database, and you can add your own medication. And if there's a reference that this medication uh, or cannabinoids can interact with that medication and inhibit it, uh, we will flag that and we'll provide you that information. So, you know, if you, some of them will have a dosage suggestion to reduce your dosage, but speak to your healthcare professional, and some of them will have a, uh, uh, you can stagger your intake, meaning that take your prescription medication. If you're uh, a rapid metabolizer, wait 20 minutes, then take your cannabinoids, etc. So we guide you in that experience as well. And then the other thing is that you have about 75 different reports in 16 different categories. All the categories are listed here. And then within each one, there's multiple reports. So what I like to do is start with the summary, either over your summary, I'll take you basically the same uh, location. So when you go into the summary, it's very simple because it tells you sort of a green light, uh, yellow light, or red light. So green means there are no variants detected, so you don't have a genetic uh, predisposition or a factor of that. Yellow means that there is a variant detected, so you have a slightly increased risk. And red means you have multiple variants detected where you actually have, uh, may have an increased risk. And the reports are as follows. We have anxiety, which includes fear extension, PTSD, stress reactivity, cognitive function, uh, which does include some ADHD markers, uh, impulsivity, working memory impairment, uh, some digestive reports, which include uh, sensitivity, IBD. Then there's some dependence reports. And this is really useful that we have uh, healthcare professionals have used this before to show their patients that they may have an opioid dependence predisposition. And if that's the case, uh, you know, to try cannabinoid uh, therapeutics first. We also look at drug metabolism, CBD and THC specifically, where we can show you based on your metabolic function, how to dose. So if you're a poor metabolizer, you know, consume less. If you're a rapid metabolizer, you can consume more. And there's a specific family, it's called pharmacokinetics. It's a specific mm -hmm. family of genes that are called cytochrome P450. And uh, the enzyme that metabolizes, one of the enzymes that metabolizes uh, CBD is CYP2C19. Uh, um, so this person is a poor metabolizer. So the suggestion is to modify your dose in half of the recommended dose. Yeah. Uh, for instance. Yeah. 
that that's fat that, that is fascinating wow i've heard something with like cbd um i've talked to some you know some testing professionals and they say there's they think there's a problem with cbd uh and how much is being absorbed by the liver how it yeah but you're but right that, you're right on so we're, but, yeah no you're absolutely right yeah and uh, and we, we're doing a clinical study right now with a couple of very large uh, companies specifically on liver toxicity and mm -hmm. what we're seeing early on your your cytochrome p450 phthalate markers those enzymatic markers can actually indicate if there may be potential for that liver toxicity the reason why is because if you're rapid metabolizer you absorb and you excrete what happens if you're a poor metabolizer it it stays in your liver and you and you're and, and some of them you don't need as much you're really creating expensive urine because it'll just go through and you'll pee it out yeah. but some of them it'll stay in your liver much longer stay, so oh, being wow. aware exactly exactly and that right can, on yeah and that can build yeah wow that's fascinating well so and, and so but but why this is like so amazing to me too though is it really um I mean, it really starts, I mean, the, 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 and correct me if I'm wrong, but the endocannabinoid system, I mean, it's, it's one of the more unexplored systems, right, in, in the body for the most part. But what this does, though, I think is that it points to which type of medicine should you, you know, you know take, right? Are we going, you know, Western, traditional, like, you know, pharmaceutical opioids, right? Are we doing, so it really starts, to, it kind of gives you, it, it starts to guide you through this maze of where to even start. In a, in a lot of ways, right? Yeah, no, you're absolutely right. And, and the to think about the endocannabinoid system, think of the endocannabinoid system mm -hmm. as like sort of the puppet master. So it modulates all the other uh, systems that we have. And the reason for it, it's sort of, um, I like to use analogy, it's sort of salmon swimming upstream. Mm -hmm. It takes signals from all your other uh, systems and it goes back uh, through the synapse, it goes back, to certain parts of your central nervous system, your brain, and it modulates those and says, we must release more of these uh, hormones, more of these chemicals, especially endogenous endocannabinoids to create that uh, modulation. So we, so the goal of the system is to maintain balance. It's regulating, uh, right? It's to, to regulating. It it's regulating. Wow, yeah, it's to maintain balance of, of all your systems. And, and I'll, I'll give you actually even a couple examples of that in the reports as I go through them you can see that you know this person has uh, red major depressive feelings so there's multiple variants detected uh, I'll use that as an example but I'll show you a couple of different ones as well just kind of go through the report and uh, you know we then we have some immune musculoskeletal uh, some pain uh, cyclical vomiting syndrome migraines sleep which is bruxism which I have grinding your teeth at night uh, insomnia <clears throat> yeah, I didn't, I didn't know that until I went to get my teeth clean. I'm like, you grind your teeth. I'm like, no, I don't. You grind yeah. your teeth. Okay, well, <laughs> all right. Then the gene has been expressed. And then, and then THC side effects. And that's really the key. It's psychomotor control, psychomatic. Some people have an experience that creates a psychosis-like effect. And that has to do with those specific markers. And I'll show you exactly. If I go up to the report, you know, it's really interesting. Uh you know, fear extension. All right, let's, let's, there's only one variant in this one. So it says mm -hmm. you have one endocannabinoid system, uh, a genotype associated with a faster rate of fear memory extension, which could be protective against conditions such as PTSD and phobias. Uh, okay. So this will give you, this will give you the, the, um, 
the genetic uh, predisposition around that. What happens is if somebody has, so this gene is really interesting, FA, F-A-H, right? So FA, what it does, it actually metabolizes, breaks down an andamide. So this is really, really important, and I'll, uh, your audience needs to understand this because one of the yeah. most common adverse events from cannabis is um, anxiety or stress. I was, yeah, I really wanted to ask you about that. That is the number one thing, anxiety, in my opinion, that I hear from everyone. From Absolutely. And, and this is what happens. So when you have a stressful event, uh, your, your body reacts to that. So your, your brain then releases, uh, you know, adrenaline. Uh, there's some dopamine. There's some neuropinephrine. And the, yeah, yeah and, and cortisol. You're absolutely right. And uh, once your, you know, your brain realizes the lion isn't chasing in the jungle and you're cool, your, your, your brain then starts releasing other uh, hormones and chemicals. One of them comes from the amygdala part of your brain and it's anandamide, which is anon, which is endogenous endocannabinoid. The word anon in Sanskrit means your bliss hormone. So it helps to regulate that. But what happens is when a person produces too much fa, which is this genotype, and I'll explain you know, what this all means, they produce more fa than the average population, which then uh, metabolizes more anandamide. So the the more fi you have, the less anandamide, which is you're prone to a, uh, a much slower response to uh, stress. The stress is much more prevalent. That cortisol is pumped more through your bloodstream and yep. goes into your body, your immune, which makes you more acidic. It raises mm-hmm. your pH level. Your immune system really doesn't like it, and it, it creates an overactive immune response, which usually creates inflammation in your joints, and sends a signal of pain and discomfort, so people walk around inflamed. If you, it's untreated, it starts moving to your gut health. It starts affecting IBS, etc. So understanding that you have less anandamide potentially than the average population, you can subsidize that with THC. Because THC, when it binds to the CB1 receptor, it sort of mimics the way um, anandamide works. But here's the rub. When you take a little bit of THC, it's great because it does that, uh, you know, it does that subsidizing. When you take a little too much THC, it actually triggers that fight or flight in those individuals. So you have that response that creates that stress or anxiety. And that's where, you know, cannabinoids, that's where you have a personal response to cannabinoids, meaning that you have to understand what your genetic makeup is to make sure that you avoid that adverse event. And by the way, you can see how you can compare it to general population. So this genotype is prevalent in, you know, in 6.7%, but there's a lot of genotypes for stress reactivity that are prevalent in half the population. So when they consume, you know, a concentrated form of uh, THC, it can actually turn that genetic expression on and somebody can experience that. Um, that is, that is I fascinating. Sh- wow. That is, can I ask one question really quick about in regards yeah, to stress? Yeah, for sure. So have yeah. you, and I don't know if you're, if you're aware of this, 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 this sickness, and I think we're going to see this a lot more in the coming future, but have you ever heard of CHS, cannabis hyper, hypermesis syndrome? Yeah, it's cannabinoid hypermesis syndrome. We are, so uh, Dr. Ethan Russo and uh, Dr. Chris Spooner and, and us, we're, we're doing a uh, clinical study right now on cannabinoid hyperemesis oh, wow. syndrome. 
Uh, it's, uh, you can find a link on our site. Uh, you can sign up. Uh, we're, so we've been uh, working on this for a while and we can kind of see that, uh, we can kind of see that we have a, uh, some sort of genetic predisposition in a lot of the participants that's very, very common to our participant group and is very rare uh, in the general population. So we're starting to find some interesting, um, some interesting patterns, I guess, on the, yeah. on the genotype. Well, what, what reminds me, well, you know, and so my brother had it and it was crazy. Like he was on an IV. My girlfriend had it recently and she was on an IV, mm -hmm. and, you know. So, but just because you were talking about how, you know, you can actually turn that switch on. What I've, what I've been explained to like in a very simple way is it turn, it like, it's, it's, a, it's, it's something that has to deal with like stress and then, you know, too much THC and that flips the switch and then they just can't deal with anything. And then they just, your body rejects everything, right? You, you can't eat. Yeah. It's, you can't, it's, it's yeah. a really, yeah, it's a really good just, analogy. Because, <laughs> no, you, yeah, you said, you said it right. It's, it's a really good analogy. We don't know yet. I mean, yeah. we have some, we have some thoughts about it, but you know, the, the goal of our study is to show if there's a genetic link between people who have this, uh, you know, this CHS predisposition. And we're finding a genetic link, we're finding a few of them, but we're finding one specifically that has to do with metabolism and, and metabolism of other substances. So there could be an interaction between something individuals are consuming and their cannabis use that's triggered due to heavy cannabis use, because most people are heavy, ongoing, daily, cannabis users that get uh, that, that respond with this sort of experience so yeah. it, it may be a interaction uh, because it's a it's a uh, cytochrome uh, marker uh, pattern that we're finding which is metabolism but we don't know yet for sure and we're in the middle of the study so if anybody wants to participate you know go to endodna send me an email we have a survey a qualifying survey that's fully anonymous and to see if you qualify to participate in that study, it's yeah. under and it's under an institutional review board. So it's it's a legit study that we're going to be publishing okay. on. I know I know a lot of people. There's 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 whole Facebook groups out there now for this because this that sickness is it's it's bad. It's uh, but that's that yeah. is amazing so, though. Wow. Look, yeah, I'll show you one more thing on the report, and I'll take you through this so so we can kind of uh, focus on other things as mm -hmm. well. But. We can, but this one is for, for depressive disorder. So I'm going to show you how to read the reports. So you have multiple endocannabinoid genotypes, which are associated with increased risk of depressive feelings. You should monitor yourself for signs of depressive, uh, depressive feelings, particularly if you have experienced early life stress or significant recent stress. Well, with COVID, who hasn't, right? So <laughs> this is an interesting thing where it can uh, just how to read the report. It says that um, Jai, you may have high risk of depressive feelings if you experienced a high level of recent life stress. So we show your gene, we show you the marker where it's located on, your chrome, on the chromosome, and then we give you a genotype. So this is what's really important. Your genotype is your DNA predisposition that you inherit from your parents. And, uh, you know, computers speak in a binary code, ones and zeros, and, um, your DNA speaks in a four-letter code, which are nucleotides, which is a C, a T, an A, or a G. Mm -hmm. The combination of those letters is what makes you you. It's what makes you unique. 
So anyway, uh, this is really important. And some of them can be controlled by lifestyle and some that can't. So you're born with some of them, your height, your eye color, your hair color, you know, male pattern baldness. We can't do anything about But some of them, your lifestyle, what you put in your body, how you, uh, uh, what type of nutrition you have, your mindset, that can actually trigger yeah. that expression. The, the environment, it's really right? like genetics, I've heard the whole saying of like genetics loads the gun and then environment fires it, right? That's you're, yeah. Oh, man, you, you're, you're full of amazing analogies. Absolutely, that's great. No, it's really good. It's really good. Everything that we suggest, uh, all of our findings ha must have a peer-reviewed reference. So all of them have peer review references associated with them. You can see how you compare to other population groups. So wow. if you're American population, North American, this is uh, this is you. And then if you're East, you know, Asian, it's much more prevalent in East Asian versus African population. So you can see that people walk around with this genotype, and certain cannabinoid profiles can actually trigger that in an individual. Uh, you have an FAQ that can tell you how you know the endocannabinoid system is involved in depression for instance and then you go up and you have your suggestion so your suggestions suggest a ratio of 20 to 1 to 1 to 1 the reason why there's a range it depends on your experience with thc so when you take the survey we'll get a little bit of better understanding of what your experience with thc but if somebody like my mom who's never experienced thc she would consume you know something high cbd and then titrate her way down also, the secret sauce is the terpene profile, and we, we suggest limonene and, and linalool. And the reason why is uh, when you go in, you can see that there's research showing the limonene may reduce stress, anxiety, and depression with a peer-reviewed reference, and linalool helps lessen the anxiety that's provoked by THC. That would be your ideal ratio. Now, you can also say, I don't, I don't know, I don't know, just tell me one thing that's going to work for me. So you can go to your personalized wellness plan and you can see every single genotype that has been flagged and shows you a specific ratio of what's right for you based on what you're experiencing in the moment. So focus, uh, then you have your immune, uh, you have your relief, which is inflammation, response, which is uh, you know stress, and then you have unwind, which is sleep. So I kind of use the analogy of uh, maybe this is your NyQuil, DayQuil. So if sleep is a challenge for you, this may be your sleep formulation. It's higher THC with a different terpene. Hopefully you won't take your NyQuil during the day. Maybe during the day you want your focus formulation. Mm -hmm. So you can kind of see which formulation to consume when. And then if you want to know, you can have enough information depending what state country or province you reside in, this is enough information for you to maybe get the product that matches your profile, or uh, we look at certificates of analysis for different products, and we try to match them with a specific product that's available on the market. So it could be a product that is an 80% match. you guys make re recommendations with specific products? Yes. So we, we pulled CVAs on those products, and we match them. So you can see that there's all kinds of different products that are available, uh, and you can see from tinctures to topicals uh, to, uh, you know, vapes to even flour that are available. So the more CFA certificates of analysis that we can pull in, the better uh, suggestion that we can have on a match 
using our proprietary algorithm. Mm-hmm. And you can you can go you can use your personal uh, shopping assistant and say, well, right now I'm having some issues with stress. What products can I take that can address my stress? And these are the more you know aligned products that are available wow. for you that can uh, uh, you know address your stress levels. So wow. uh, I'll, I'll pause amazing. because I think. Uh, there was a, a, a ton of information. No, 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 no. I, I got so. it. And, you know, and I, I, I completely got that. That is, wow. That is absolutely, that is, yeah. So, so is that another, is that another potential, I don't know, another potential revenue stream is to use featured products and, and putting that there? Yeah. Yeah. We haven't, we haven't thought of that as a, you know, featuring products specifically not, not as a revenue stream time, yet. You make sure that they get it. But once there's, tons of different products of the same stuff, like the same type of, you know, um, uh, uh, you know, uh, offering like the CBD THC ratio or whatever, then eventually it's just going to be like, you can, you know, have people get sponsored, right. Or you can sponsor people. Can- yeah. Yeah. That's it's, we've, we've been talking about that, uh, for a while. What can we do? But we also don't want to, we don't also don't want to cannibalize, you know, our, our, the people that license our products. It's, it happens that when you license our endo line products, you have a much better match. Mm-hmm. So we'll still feature everybody's products. And hopefully at some point, the goal is look to get, a, we have a feedback loop mechanism. So if, if product A and, uh, and, and uh, customer A take that product, we're coming back and ask them, how is that working for you? So we take that information and we want to give that back to the industry. So mm-hmm. the industry can start making better products all along. Yes, monetizing all feature products would be nice, but if all the products are, are good products and they work, then let the market make a determination of what works better for the individual and what's maybe available in some place may not be available in another place. But at one point, you know, my, my future kind of vision is that it, it's kind of going back to the compounded pharmacy in a way, but I want to be able to get Lens product in, uh, in LA, in New York, in uh, in Sweden and in uh, in Vancouver, it's my formulation number one is the same exact formulation no matter where I get it. I go. And the, the data is always coming with me. Yeah, mm-hmm. absolutely. That's amazing. So I love that's that. Kind of, that's kind of where we're going. I love that. Yeah. No. Yeah. And, and I thought that was more of a future potential. Like right now, you don't want to jeopardize any sort of. Uh, you want to give the best possible, you know, uh, products to to the to the consumers. Yeah, the, the products are where it's at. Yeah, products yeah. are where it's at because at one point, you know, we we want to use the kit as the ability to get people the right products for them. So products are definitely in the future and what we're what we're focusing on for sure. Wow, wow. So are there any other? Do, do, you, want, do you want me to stop sharing the screen, by the way? Or, yeah, yeah. Or let's 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 keep on. Thank you. So. I've looked because I've I've looked because uh, I, I really started getting through to this this area of cannabis through terpenes, you know, understanding terpenes, and I realized, oh, there's this whole, you know, world of this. Um, are there like are there competitors? Are there in terms of what you guys are specifically doing? I'm just curious. Um, yeah, I mean, there's there are companies out there. There are like. Oh, I don't I don't mind. Yeah. Look, to us, it's this way. We we have patents in our technology. Uh, we're first in in line, and we're synonymous with uh, you know DNA uh, testing for cannabinoids. People know endo DNA. Uh, we don't mind com- competition. Uh, there are several different companies. I was just uh, doing a uh, 
a thing on genetic uh, teaching a hundred and something doctors, uh, medical professionals on genomics. And there was a, a Greenway, um, I think it was Greenway DNA. I, I don't remember. I don't want to misquote the name of the company, but there was a, a competitor and they're doing some interesting things, which is great. We, we are our own competition. What I mean by that is our goal is to be better tomorrow than we were today. So anybody that's coming up and doing this, I commend them because I think that understanding the cannabis is personal is really important and people should continue doing this. And the more people do this, the more legitimate. It'll be part of our everyday uh, therapeutics. What vitamins you consume, what nutrients you consume, what food you consume, what's my probiotic. I love it. More, more genetic yeah. companies. We need to make this super, super affordable so anybody can get a DNA kit for you know twenty dollars. It's not yeah. where the the future is in the personalized product. What's going to come out of that test? So yeah, we we try to be better than we were. Yeah, yeah. And I just asked this curious. I've heard of a couple other like Strain Print one, maybe that I think they do something a little different. The strain no. Print doesn't doesn't compete. They're a complementary service. So strain Print are okay. friends of ours. So uh, Strain Print is the feedback loop mechanism. So they're the ones that that uh, we use the DNA. And then they use the engine to ask people how they're doing with their product so we can learn from that experience, use our AI to get better on the product. But they don't do the, the genetic a, testing that's as a, far that's, as I know. Yeah, that's amazing. Wow, that is absolutely amazing. This is this is so cool. Seriously, this like blows my mind. I <laughs> I love seeing this because like we we've been, we've been I've been talking about this for so long, but I've never seen like a, a, an organized, um, you know, database that gives you recommendations and and. Yeah, wow. This is this is this is blowing my mind to be honest. This is so cool. So I'll, I'll tell you a couple of things. We we use so we use AI mm -hmm. and deep learning to find new studies. There's right now there's about 60 or so different studies that are going on around the world. So as new research comes up, we pull that in and with our science team featuring Dr. Ethan Russo and Dr. Chris Spooner and Dr. Mike Tagan and me, we make determinations what studies should be included. And, and excluded. So the more research that's being done around the world, the better our reports will get as well, because we pull that in uh, and you know you have lifetime updates to your reports. We're involved in studies too. We have two clinical trials and three studies under institutional review boards. So I encourage everybody who's in this space, do more research, we'll collaborate with you. You can be a competitor, you can not, it doesn't matter to us. We just believe unequivocally that the way to remove this ridiculous stigma over this amazing therapeutic plant is through science. And the more science we do, the more we collaborate, the better chance we'll have to be able to, you know, Absolutely. make it available. I 100% agree with that, 100%. I mean, that, that's how most, I mean, that's how the science community works, right? It's all you know, around the world sharing. Um, but that's that's amazing. I, yeah, so I actually, yeah, I've, I've heard of Ethan Russo, right? He does True Terpenes, right? That that new Ethan, Dr. Ethan Russo. Just, yeah, Dr. Ethan Russo has a new company called Credo. I believe that's the okay. name of his company. Dr. Ethan Russo is the person that coined uh, like the entourage effect, and uh, he's uh, he's uh, our on our uh, science. He chairs our science board. Uh, Dr. Chris Spooner is one of the top naturopaths in North America, and Dr. Mike Tagan is uh, a, a specialist in uh, genomics. He's also the prof of pot, uh, but we have a we have a spectacular team. Uh, I will put our science up against anyone 
and we were learning. We don't, there's, there's more that we don't know than we know. There's 16,000 or more studies in PubMed alone, and they keep adding new ones. But the issue that we have as, as a general scientific society, or even as a general society, is a lot of studies are done on, on mice. They're done in test tubes, in vivo and vitro. It's not, they're not human studies, and that's by design. If you think about it, the government's created this way, so pharma can take their pass on going through FDA approval, which Epidiolex did, and, and great. So they showed the pharmaceutical industry that you can take the plant and make it into a pharmaceutical. Am I for it or against it? I, I have mixed feelings because I believe that isolating one compound is not going to be the, the type of therapeutics that you need. You have all these other compounds, like close to 500 of them, and how they interact together is really where you're going to get the effect. So I, I believe that there's going to be two lines. One of them is going to be the pharma line, which is going to start isolating CBG and, and THCV and CBDV, and then doing clinical studies on that. And then you're going to have the therapeutics that are going to be sort of the, uh, the nutrigenomic kind of thing that you can buy in vitamin shops or, or Shopper Smart or, or in, uh, in the GNC that's going to have all the different compounds that are tested and consistent. And that's going to be uh, sort of the other you know, type of formulation, or at least that's my crystal ball. Yeah. Wow. I mean, no, that makes a lot of sense though. That makes a lot of sense. Um, that, that is, yeah, that is absolutely amazing. So in terms of like uh, applications in the future that this can be applied to, like, for example, I've, you know, with like, for example, like athletes, right? There are like certain things that this could be like, I mean, this applies to like everything in life, to be honest. I mean, that's the, that's the best, <laughs> that's the beauty about it. Um, wow. That's yeah. Sorry. It just, it just blows think my mind. Think about this way, Luke. Think about, think about mm -hmm. this way, Luke. We work with athletes. We mm -hmm. work with veterans. This is my. This is this is our concept. You need to be empowered with information. Look at what's happening with the you know the healthcare now during COVID. Uh, we've realized the healthcare system is failing us, and I'm not blaming the healthcare system. It's just that they're not designed for this type of thing. It, we're very very good in the Western world of addressing a problem when it's when it happens, right? surgery you have you have a problem you have to fix your shoulder well shit we have the best it's the best in the world we can go and fix it the the issue is that it's the preventative health preventative for that problem not and the only way to do that is to learn to empower yourself with knowledge i'm a huge fan of all the genetic tests so for me or for you to be able to know this up front, these are, it's sort of your GPS. That's my analogy, right? So this is your ways of weed or whatever you want to kind of call it. It shows you that this road over here is full of, uh, uh, it's got road construction. It's got congestion on it. Avoid it. It shows you that. Now it shows you this is a much better road. It doesn't guarantee there's not going to be a pothole along the way because that's the genetic expression. But at least you know that this is a better road and this one is a bad road. It's been shown that people try six to eight different products until they find the right product for them. Imagine the amount of money, time, and the adverse events. And some people have a really bad panic attack by taking cannabis, may not even go back to it. And all they need to know is maybe they're a poor metabolizer of THC through the digestive system, but don't consume an edible. Consume it under your tongue instead. 
So that's really, that's really the guide. It's to guide you and empower you to be able to take better control over your overall health and then hopefully, uh, you know, guide you into a much better experience uh, with your yeah. cannabis use. Yeah. Absolutely, and I and I one of the, the big things that I've 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 really I I've kind of realized with you know like understanding you know your your what is the right terpenes or cannabinoids for you, I mean it really will bring in so many people that had those <laughs> bad experiences and you know give them control. Okay, I want to ask one one question though too. So you see in the news quite a bit, right? You see, um, you know, study potentially shows CBD could treat addiction, like. You know, as a you know, as a scientist yourself or or as, as your team, but like, I know there's a lot of problems that go on with um, industry-sponsored uh, uh, or um, studies that help support you know the business model that these people are selling. Do you think that CBD, like, like cause I I always say that like if we're not if it's if it's study suggests it's not definitive, where's the line there? Because I don't. Because I feel like that could be you, you weaponized against you know the cannabis community in general if it's not the case, right? If, you know, get labeled as snake oil salesman or whatever. Where's the line there? I guess in, in that sense, if you know what I mean. Yeah, I'll answer it a couple of different ways. So I, I, I'm going to still keep saying that cannabis is personal, and I'll give you an example. CBD. You brought up CBD. So me with my ADD. My friend telling me CBD, I consume that and I, and I go right to sleep and I, I sleep great. It relaxes me. When I consume CBD at night, what happens is it just allows me to focus a little bit more and I can start watching stupid TV and, and read and I, I, I'm not falling asleep from it. So my experience with CBD may be different than your experience. I'm just using this analogy. The other thing is science is definitive. Neil deGrasse Tyson said that when you do an experiment, there is no gray. It's black or white. And the only way to do science right is you do the experiment, you prove that hypothesis, and then you have somebody else replicate that. Then it becomes science. It's mm. yes or no. There is no maybe it does. It does for some. You have a, there's no gray area. So when you're doing controlled clinical studies, even under an IRB, and somebody then peer reviews that and replicates that, that's science. Anything, anything that you're not doing that is skewed. It's skewed in that kind of, uh, you know, in, in, in that way and that you were the saying. bias of whatever it is. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. There, there's a, there's you, a bias. You need other yeah. to poke holes, and if there's no, you know, holes being poked in. Poke holes. We, we, we love yeah, the that's, holes. That's what science is, right? There's, there's nothing better than getting online with a skeptic. I love it. It's my favorite thing to do. And my mind's been blown. And I've been, you know, I've been pointed out that you're wrong. And I, great. Yeah. Show us we're wrong because that's what we, there, we, there is no failure, right, in, in this business. You either win some way or you learn. And the learning gets us closer to winning. So that's kind of our motto. So we we want to poke, poke, poke. It's always a win. Absolutely. Love that. Yeah, absolutely. I love that. Absolutely. Um, yeah, that's, that is, wow, that is amazing. Um, so, you, do you got time for a couple more questions? Sure. I think so. Um, yes. Have time. Okay. Sweet. So, what are the collaborations 
with other industry leaders you're currently focused on partnerships i mean you talked about some just in our conversation with you know with strain print being one of those kind of partners being you know other 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 companies um what are some yeah, of those? we're not we're not a, yeah we're not, not partners partner, with but... strain print uh yet but we've uh had many conversations and i think we respect their business and they're really a great complimentary offering uh we're partnering with companies who are uh, reselling our kits uh companies like canaway uh, medical marijuana inc uh which public, first publicly traded cannabis company in the u.s uh also the uh, nfl players congress distributes the settlement to NFL players. Uh, we partner with other organizations like that. We partner with companies like Charlotte's Web, for instance, mm. to conduct some studies with them. So we're, we're doing a lot of different studies uh, with different uh, companies like that. And, uh, you know, our goal is to partner with everybody. Like on, on the formulation side, we have formulations and blends. And you said it great. Terpenes are the secret sauce. I mean, it's, you have cannabinoids, but those terpenes that, that work together with those cannabinoids, those essential oils, they make all the difference in the world. So being able to partner with companies that are interested in uh, leveraging you know, our, our blends, uh, those are definitely uh, great partners of us, and research. We're working with some of the top uh, cannabis companies in, uh, in the world right now to conduct studies and research, and uh, there'll be numerous announcements that are coming out soon. Awesome. Awesome. Wow. Yeah, no, that's, that's great. I'll be, I'll be excited to see that. Um, so just to wrap it up, I guess, um, you know, what's the future that you see for the cannabis community at large with, when it comes to, you know, understanding the individual's genetic makeup, and then also what is the future for endocana as well? Well, the, the future for individuals is that people will start realizing that cannabis is personal and start start their cannabis journey up front with a DNA kit. And I'll kind of tie this into what our future is. We want to give away the kits for free. We don't want to charge people for that. We feel that every single person everywhere in the world should be able to know what their genetic predispositions are and then go and find the right products for them. That's really our, our goal. And to be able to get that information to the cannabis industry so people can start creating, us included, and that's where our future is, personalized uh, precision therapeutics that is consistent everywhere you go in the world. And that's really our mission. Our mission is to be able to guide people and then, you know, through science in their personalized products. That's kind of, uh, you know, what, what our, I think the future of Endo is. Absolutely, absolutely, and yeah, and and just one real quick last question, just just in reference to this, I kind of forgot to ask you a little earlier on. Is sativa and indica a good classification? No, I'm assuming. I'm, <laughs> I, I'm sorry, that shit blows my mind. I go into a store nowadays, dispensary, dispensary worker asks me, "Oh, sativa indica," and I go, "You you pick. It doesn't matter." What if, what if I tell you there is no such thing as sativa? There's no such thing based off of the look of the plant, right? Isn't that the scientist who uh, founded it? He's like, oh, it looks yeah, purple so, and looks green. Like, it just well, blows my mind. So the sativa and indica, what really this uh, refers to is the, the original uh, nature of this plant, where it originated from. Oh, so yeah, yeah. The, plants that, the plants that originated from Southeast Asia in yeah. Nepal... Uh, northern uh, India area, we found those specific plants. And what happens is 
they adapt. It's a beautiful plant. It's such an interesting plant. It, it adapts to its environment. And what it does, because it has a certain type of climate there and certain predators, it creates these essential oils. These essential oils are deterrents under stress from the predators that are attacking the plant. So when you're, when you're growing indoors or outdoors, you want to stress your plant so it expresses that terpene profile, which is the essential oil the plant produces. So those specific plants produced a really musky, diesel skunky smell, and which deterred those specific predators. And that's associated with the myrcene, which is the dominant terpene profile of what you would call an indica, because it's a sedative terpene profile with the THC and other cannabinoids. The other plants that originated in South Africa, like Durban and mm -hmm. in, uh, in the Caribbean, which even they look even different. They stretch to the sun, right. yeah. their leaves are a little bit different, and they have a different terpene profile because they have different predators. They smell a little fruitier. Uh, they have a little, little bit of a different smell. Those are associated with like limonene and the ones that grew, uh, you know, sort of, they have, they have piney smell. They boost serotonin and they have a little bit different. So those are the sativa dominant strains. But because we crossed chemo so, so much, there is no such thing. Mm -hmm. yep. so you gotta, you gotta trust, you gotta trust two things. Number one, you were asking me what I would urge. I want everybody, all the growers, all the formulators, all the companies, test for terpenes. Calibrate your equipment, test for terpenes. It's extremely important for everybody to know. And then also trust your nose. Like if you're if you if you're consuming flour, use your nose. Understand using our test that maybe something skunky easily, maybe they'll hit off my depressive uh, genotype. But something that's fruitier, maybe that's better for me. But if I'm prone to anxiety, I want to try to avoid so those sativa dominant uh, chemovars. So that's kind of my my 101. That's a great, that's actually the best explanation I've ever heard of that. That actually makes a lot of sense because, you know, like from, yeah, regions, that makes complete sense. And then, but nowadays we're in a globalized society. Everything is mixed in together. It's such a, but, it, but more so we're in a nuanced society that we have technology like you guys and you guys leading the way to be able to, um, you know, uh, navigate this very complicated uh, individual experience. Wow. Thank you so much, uh, Len. I really appreciate you coming on and talking. Um, yeah. No, I appreciate yeah. it, Luca. I appreciate your support. And I, I, yes. I, I love to be able to uh, get people that are just find us and say, wow, let me explore more. And I encourage that so much. And I really appreciate that you giving us the opportunity. And the one thing I want to say about flour, I kind of forgot. Mm -hmm. the, the issue with flour is, and I like flour, the issue with flour is it's, it's got genetic drift. Right. So being able to get it consistent, like I was saying, wherever I go, get it. It's very hard to do that, regardless of what you call it, because as you get further away from the seed, the flower has genetic drift. So it's, mm -hmm. unless you're doing tissue culture sampling tissue over culture. and over, you're always going to have that kind of drift. But at least you'll know the neighborhood that you're in. You're in the right neighborhood. But in order for you to really get that consistency, you should get for consistent yeah. formulations that are, that are created yeah. for you. That's a that's a great way that's a great point too yeah every every time cutting goes the the genetics slowly deteriorate or yeah tissue go yeah absolutely wow well I would love to have you back on here in the future because um, this is like seriously this is the this is such an important part of the cannabis industry this is the revolutionizing aspect I mean there, there's many parts in, of this industry that's like that but this is what brings the masses in and, and allows them to you know really experience cannabis the right way.
anyways, thank you so much. Um, yeah. Where can we find you? Do you have your personal social medias? Do you have, uh, or do you want yeah, to just go to uh, we're, Yeah, we're, we're at endodna, E-N-D-O-D-N-A.com, endodna on social. Uh, okay. Well, I'll let May, you can reach me. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, one more thing I wanted to offer. If you're interested, I'd like to offer your listeners. We'll we'll send a discount code. Yeah. If any of your listeners uh, want to try it out, we'll we'll provide Absolutely. that, and you can share that with you. You know, your people. Absolutely. I know. I know. Already know a few people that would do that. Absolutely. That would be amazing. That'd be amazing. Alrighty. Well, thank you. This is Len May, co-founder of Endocana Health slash DNA. There we go. Damn. Sweet.